Hey, everybody, it's Devin Boss of the ETF Institute. And today my guest is Mr. Kevin Kelly, founder of Kelly ETFs. Currently, Kelly ETFs offers a suite of three ETFs, uh, all being launched in December of 2021 and January 2022. And Kevin, I find all of your, your funds to be very timely. So thank you for taking the time to discuss these today. Thanks for having me on. So let's start with your first uh, ETF, the Kelly CRISPR and Gene Editing Technology ETF, ticker symbol XDNA. So what's the investment case for a fund like this? So the investment case for a fund like this is really uh, to capitalize on the S-curve of growth uh, within the biotechnology space. If we take a step back, uh, CRISPR and gene editing is actually a pair of biological scissors that goes into your DNA and edits it to take out the bad DNA and replace it with good DNA to eradicate disease. And that is... Unbelievable. We are entering healthcare 2.0. So if we take a step back and think about, you know, a, a very similar event in my my opinion was when uh, the advent of the smartphone happened, right? We were in the computing revolution and everybody had a desktop and you did everything through that. But what really proliferated the internet of things was the smartphone. And so the smartphone had been around for a while. We had Blackberry, we had Palm Pilot, but it really took uh, Steve, Steve Jobs and Apple um, in the beginning of 2007 to, to unleash leash that new revolution. And so we're seeing that happen right now with the gene editing and CRISPR space where we're going to be able to eradicate disease through CRISPR and gene editing. So this is passively, uh, passively managed, correct? Correct. Yes. So what this does is it is, is the fund has uh, tracks an index that has three sectors within the CRISPR and gene editing space. And the first one is the actual CRISPR and gene editing technology companies that have the actual platforms and technology to edit the DNA. The second one is really the development solution partner. So if you think about it, uh, of the companies within the space that are small, they're nascent, it's new technology. They partner with the bigger firms that have the clinical expertise to bring uh, products to market and get commercialization actually happening. And so we've seen that with Intelia is the CRISPR company, and then their partner, their development solution partner is uh, Regeneron. And so the last sector is just the uh, next generation sequencing. Um, as we've seen, you need to map the, the DNA and the genome to target. So it's, it's the last uh, part of the pie where you can actually map and sort out how to get to those uh, specific strands of DNA. So currently, when, when you rebalance, is there a high turnover? Or I would say in the future, when, when, when you look at this space, uh, do you see that there will be high turnover with acquisitions or, or just new, new companies coming into the space? What, what's, what's your outlook on that, on that front? Yeah, it's a very uh, concentrated and targeted portfolio of anywhere between 23 to 28 names. Um, we see a lot of names that are coming public as as there's a lot more research and development dollars going into the space. Turnover is very minimal. It's about 10 to 15 percent. And that's because we've seen in the biotechnology space that you cannot uh, change a culture. And so we've seen companies like Pfizer do joint venture deals with CRISPR and gene editing companies uh, because they don't want to be rolled up into Pfizer. Um, it's better that the technology and platforms are left by themselves. So a lot of companies stay in there, but there are a lot more companies coming public. And we're seeing a voracious amount of appetite in the private equity space funding a lot of private CRISPR and gene editing companies. So those companies will be coming to market over the next three to five years as a lot more commercial success has happened. 
So let's talk about your next ETF. It's the Kelly Hotel and Lodging Sector ETF, ticker symbol HOTL. Um, why should uh, you know the sector in, in, entice investors? You know what, what what's here to to draw people into this saying this is a, a good investment opportunity. Yeah, the I think the hotel sector is really misunderstood because it, it comprises of a uh, series of very specialized and niche players uh, that provide a lot of value and and are irreplaceable. So if we think about platform technology companies uh, like an Airbnb, it's really hard to displace them. Uh, and so you know they're very specialized. They're a verb now, just like Google. Um, then you also have players like. Vici, which is a very specialized REIT management team that basically owns all of Vegas. So if we take a step back and we think about what their portfolio is, they own Caesars, they own the Venetian, they're merging with MGM growth. So the hotel and lodging space has specialized management teams that are able to extrapolate a lot of value. But what I think is important is that we're going from pandemic to endemic. And so we've seen the leisure travel consumer come back over the next Two years, we anticipate that small group and business spending, which has troughed, is going to go back to pre-pandemic levels and then some. We've seen that within the hotel and lodging space that you have two cycles. You actually have the rebound and then you have uh, the peak above recovery. So we're pretty excited that, you know, the first tailwind uh, is taking hold. Everybody's going to go out and travel. Marriott CEO even said this is going to be the best summer of record. And then when you start to think about how businesses are going to start spending uh, now that um, the the COVID pandemic looks like it's behind us, it's only set to add more, especially because there's very limited supply, a lot of demand. It's that simple. So, so the implication here being uh, is that this isn't just an, a reopening play. This is a, uh, a definitely more of a, a growth play to where uh, you know there should be sizable growth for this sector for the foreseeable future. Correct. Yeah, and there is a lot of growth in the future. We think three to five years. We think this is a great tactical uh, play on not only economic growth, but also the rebound. And the reason being is because um, there, over the past several years, there's been very, very limited um, build, but there's tons of, of, of demand out there. So this is a high growth. And all you need to do is look at the peg ratios of the C-Corps like a Marriott, the Hilton's, of the world, the Wyndham's, look at those peg ratios, the price to earnings growth, and then you can see why they're trading at above average mark multiples on the market. So let's talk about your third ETF, the Kelly Residential and Apartment Real Estate ETF, ticker symbol RESI. Can you give us some background as to why this fund is skewed more thematic to just the residential side of, of the REIT uh, sector? Yeah, we we are really excited to provide um, a strategy that gives a targeted exposure to residential real estate because 43 million households in the United States rent. And we've seen that there's been a housing shortage um, because of the last 10 years, there's been underdevelopment. And so what's happened now is that you've got a primary renting cohort in the millennials who are now starting to do household formations, but we've started to see builds that are 28% below the peak where they need to be in order to satisfy those household formations. And so when you look at the residential real estate space, it, it comprises of four subsectors. The first is apartments. 
and our fund is is roughly around 60% of that. The next is single family rentals, which is about 15%. So that's a big space we we are really excited about because um, our companies within the portfolio only have less than 1% of the overall housing rental market. It's mostly mom and pop and, and fractionalized. These companies are specialists that are able to leverage technology, their balance sheet, and do custom builds even with developers like a Pulte who does does uh, build to rent communities. And so people want nice amenities. They want they want to be serviced quickly and, and, and our single family rental companies are able to do that. And then the last two sectors are student housing, about 4%. And then the last one uh, is manufactured housing. So we're starting to see a lot of baby boomers uh, downsize and people that are, are um, actually um, in the older generation that are downsizing. And so one of the ways they're doing that is actually getting into manufactured housing because it's in marinas, it's on beaches, it's they're, they're, they're great properties that they can lease. Do you find uh, the rest of the REIT sector, so maybe the industrials or more in the mall-based companies, uh, a little bit unfavorable, or at least in in your opinion? And uh, I know there's been discussions as we've gone through COVID of bankruptcies and lack of tenants and so on and so forth. It, did that play into you uh, kind of targeting the thematic plan residential, or was that uh, completely separate? Yeah, not all real estate's created equal, and so in a, in the time we are in today where you have a rising interest rate environment, rising rents matter more than rising rates. And so investors need to get into sectors that have two things. The first is low lease duration. Hotels are overnight and short-term rentals are up to 30 days. So they have the inflationary pricing power. Same with the residential space, one-year leases. If you look at if you look at other sectors within the real estate space, such as offices, they can be 10 years or longer. Retail can be 30 years sometimes. So we like the low duration leases within the residential and hotel because of the pricing power. And then the second thing you need to succeed in this type of environment is the um, thematic demand behind the spaces. So we know that there's a shortage of housing. So that's thematic demand as people are starting to rent longer. Um, housing has gone up and it's been too expensive and now mortgage rates are going up. So inventory is going to get lower. Uh, and then secondarily, the just the voracious demand of the hotel space. Um, there's thematic demand behind that as we start to reopen. And um, people are actually, you know, one of the hottest spaces within the hotel space is actually the uh, short-term uh, stays of like seven days to 14 days in the extended stays. So you've seen a lot of private equity money come in and even buy some of the public companies uh, purely for that purpose. So if listeners want to find out more about your products, uh, where, where can they find you and your company? Yeah. So if investors are looking to learn more, they can go to kellyetfs.com or email me directly at invest at kellyetfs.com. More than happy to help answer any questions. Um, we're really excited about the thematic demand and growth behind all three of these strategies. So kellyetfs.com is the best place to go and pick up a fact sheet and then uh, review it and, and shoot me over some emails. Also, to the listeners out there, if you're interested in learning more about the mechanics or inner workings of ETFs, uh, check out our certified ETF advisor destination, the CETF, and you can learn more at CETF.org. Kevin, thank you so much for your time today, and I've, I found this very educational and, and uh, very insightful. Thank you. Thank you. It was my pleasure.